Welcome to the Lady Landlords Podcast, where we empower women to gain financial independence through real estate investing. I'm your host, Becky Nova, founder of Lady Landlords. If you're ready to buy, manage, and grow your real estate portfolio, then let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. Today, we have a very special member spotlight for you, highlighting one of our community's members. So Evangelia Leclerc, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing so well, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor. I love when members are willing to just kind of share like what they're working on, what they're actually doing, and to really kind of deep dive beyond the group here um, of just these little snippets we always kind of get from our members. So thank you so much for dedicating your time to help really inspire some of our other members today. So first question I always like to start with is who you, Evangelia, the woman is behind the real estate investing. Awesome. Thank you. Um, First and foremost, I am a woman of all things, meaning that I carry all the hats. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a caregiver of, you know, sometimes my parents, Uh, along with, you know, I'm a sister. Um, So that's really first and foremost, who I identify as somebody who really cares. Recently, I had a revelation that I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually maybe a matriarch in my family. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Kind of like stepped into that identity when a few of my matriarchs in the last couple of years had passed away. I'm like, oh, it might be that, that viewed as one. So it's you, um, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, that's a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Queens, New York. Um, lived here the majority of my life, aside from uh, a short period of time where I took a stint to go out to Silicon Valley and start working for a company that helped um, young people discover and pursue their dreams. So that's really a lot of what I stand for um, mm-hmm. as a person is is always on that discovery and pursuit of living out my most blissful ambitions and not just working to work or making money to make money, but really thinking about the meaning and the intention and the impact of what I'm doing um, as it aligns to my values and and how I can live out this life feeling fulfilled. Um, so so that's really, I think, the crux of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also you have an interesting career path that you've kind of followed. Would you like to just share a little bit about what your day, what your day work is? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a executive career coach. Um, And so much of what I help people do day to day is position their professional assets for growth, whether it be their resume, cover letter, LinkedIn, interview, career narrative stories, networking, negotiation, job search strategy, the gamut, people come to me for that. And in addition to that, I, um, I do training in corporate, you know, when I can or when I'm available to, um, to help people with leadership development, um, And I have to also say, I'm not active in this, but I am licensed um, in insurance because I also have this huge side of me that cares so much about protection. And I think that's the ultimate foundation for building wealth, ensuring that what you have is protected and that being your greatest asset being yourself. Um, So so yeah, that's uh, part of what I do. I'm not as active in putting that out there because it's a little bit of a convergence and a conflict and how do I, you know, take a client from here to there. (laughs) Well, if you would like to know a fun fact, I actually had my insurance license for years. Yeah. So it's now lapsed here in the state of New York, but 
I always pick like a project to do over Thanksgiving, like some type of random development project. And years ago, I decided, you know what I should do? Get my insurance license. So <laughs> not anymore, but it was, it was a very interesting kind of journey and career path. So right. that's, um, that's interesting that you do that too. And now you are still in New York, but you're up in Westchester, right? Yeah. I just, I live North of Westchester in Putnam County, just literally right above the border. Gotcha. Okay. So, and you're right by where I grew up because I was right below the border in Westchester. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's just always cool to also talk to. I know a lot of our members or a lot of people actually find us because I was on the Bigger Pockets podcast of talking about the fact that I invest in New York. Yeah. And a lot of people seem very shocked. That there are people that invest in real estate in the state of New York. So that's why I'm really excited to also talk about your journey since you're doing the same. So yeah. next question I have for you, there are a ton of different things that you could invest in, right? You can invest in stocks. You can invest in crypto. There's so many different things that we can put our money into. What drew you to real estate investing? Um, well, I have to say it really stems from, I grew up in it. So um, my, I'm a first generation American. My dad and my family, they're Greek American. And uh, it was the thing that I think I saw my dad want to do. He was a, he's a plumber. So his trade is just working with his hands, solopreneur. Um, but he got started really early and was very uh, fortunate into having the trade skills to be able to build and also plum. Uh, and so he invested very early in his, um, him and his, my mom, very early here. And so um, what I also saw happen that kind of ties into my story is when he, you know, he became disabled at some point. And unfortunately, okay. you know, one of the things that helped sustain him even to his elder years now is the real estate that he had built um, and acquired. Um, so, you know, I saw that and I saw it as a very real asset and many of the real assets that he did have. And I saw and learned from the mistakes. And also at a very young age of 18, I became a sole um, caretaker of one of the properties. So my mom wasn't doing so well. And so I, at a very young age of 18, was um, screening tenants and going in there and dealing with issues from... I mean, everything that they talk about, termites, tarot card readings to, you know, uh, uh, all the things that could happen that you're like, oh my God, this shouldn't be happening. We're getting fined. So um, I Is started- Is there tarot cards in there? Yeah, tarot card readings. We got fined because somebody was operating a tarot card reading business on the floor. Yeah. Okay. And the thousands and thousands of stories we've heard in Lady Landlords about like, don't let tenants do that. Don't let tenants do that tarot card reading business has never come up. Yeah. Never. Alina, yeah. that is very, okay. We'll have to add that to the checklist. Ladies, make sure to keep that in mind. Was it more because it was the business or was it anything associated with the fact that it was tarot card? Yeah, they were, no, they were marketing um, okay. with one of those signs chained to one of the front um, posts outside yeah. of the sidewalk. And then that's, we got fined for that. So As a, as a New Yorker, or anybody that's ever visited New York City. Like those are things you see all the time walking down right. the street. So yeah. it was that they couldn't have the sign outside the building. The city had fined you for that. Yeah. And said, you can't be operating a business out of this, out of your that's unit. Fantastic that the so city actually know. helped you enforce that. Right. Exactly. Um, I would have never guessed that because I, for our listeners that have not come across this episode, especially as we're talking about insurance, a lot of times we do not like to have our tenants be running businesses out of their property, right? We are renting residential rentals, not necessarily commercial property, unless that's what you're doing. So to have somebody then running a 
business out of your property. We usually more hear about this as an issue of like daycares or childcare businesses out of our property. And those, and the reason that any type of business can be dangerous there, once again, from an insurance perspective, even with tarot card readings, people would be going to going to that apartment all the time, right? So you'd have kind of clients coming in and out. So it wasn't, that's a whole different insurance liability, not only for us as landlords, but that is very interesting yeah. that the city of New York actually was um, the people that had kind of alerted you to this illegal business in your residential yeah. property. Yeah, so, it's so interesting. And it all goes yeah. back to, I kind of operated, going back to the question of what drew you to it, is yeah. I I think I adopted that operator mentality that really found myself thriving in these kind of situations because no one else would. My mom mm -hmm. wasn't thriving. And so I adopted this skill of communicating with all different types of people and authorities um, obviously in partnership with, you know, my mom to just get things done. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's, it's a little bit of the investing in the operator part that I enjoy. So I have a quick question about that because so many of our landlords, our lady landlords became landlords because they either inherited property or they're helping out their parents. And so this might seem like a random question, but I feel like there's a lot of our listeners that could probably identify with this. Was there a conversation with your mother, hey, I'm going to take over this property? Or was it more like, oh my God, people are moving out. We need to get people in there. I'm gonna have to step up and kind of do this. Did you and your family ever have a conversation about you no, doing that? Or no. was it just a natural progression? It was a natural I'm gonna progression. Have to do this. It was more like in crisis. And you know, there were multiple crises where I saw my mom and I said, oh my gosh, she needs help. And I went in and I intervened and I helped because I just saw how worn out and worn down she was getting through it. And I was like fresh going into college. I went to study real estate, never followed through with becoming a real estate agent, but I just became very interested in the concept of how to navigate these issues almost out of necessity, like literally. Right. No, and I think honestly, see, if your mom only had lady landlords that many years ago, right. I feel like that's why so many members <laughs> yeah. kind of find us is yeah. because they're in these situations where they're like, oh my God, I now need to take this over, but yet they didn't, weren't kind of given those instructions. Um, for any of our listeners that have not listened to last week's episode, I actually shared about how lady landlords got started. And part of that was actually because I needed a place to ask my own questions, right? I had nobody to ask if a tarot card reading business is something I can allow in a rental or not, right? So that was really kind of what the community was born out of. So it's, I'm happy to see that, you know, really coming up with some of those like resources is something that, you know, didn't help you when you were 18, but hopefully is helping you and other women that are in the situation of saying, hey, my parents are now in a different place in life. They can't necessarily manage these. I'm just going to step up and kind of take that over. How do I even get started, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's really kind of who we're there to help. So, um, so interesting. Um, so, okay, so now you've kind of seen your family have rentals, you have, you're kind of now already taking over as that property manager. What did you do within then your own real estate investing journey to kind of get started? Right. Okay. So first of all, I have to say it was very scary, meaning that I am very risk averse. So I didn't take as much action as I would have liked sooner, but um, I began kind of exploring. And I think the real first thing was joining your group and the program huh. that you had to learn. And really it was seeing you and seeing how you've been able to navigate 
all the complexities in a way that's very logical and pragmatic, mm -hmm. yet also is very focused on your financial goal and your life goals. So that I say having a woman female mentor to be able to show the rope was very encouraging for me because otherwise I just end up strategizing and dreaming about it and not taking action, um, right. which is my strength. I'm a strategic communicative visionary, but I lack like the action and unless I get like in the thralls of crisis or in the thralls of like, Hey, you got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> and like you're capable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was just more of, it sounds like also you were kind of, and I remember when you joined, because it was the beginners group coaching program that you had done, right. right. With us. Um, and I remember that it was, you had like those pieces of knowledge, but it was more of, I felt like when you would join the call that for you, it was really the accountability yeah. and kind of seeing the other women that were kind of in these, that were, were actually taking action. I felt like that was probably really inspiring for you and correct me if I'm wrong to yeah. see like, Hey, other women are actually out there doing this taking action on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that has been my goal too, because I feel like I didn't get to connect with as many women in the group that I would have liked to just because of all the competing priorities I had and excuses. But I know I remember driving to one of your events and, uh, and then being like, shoot, I can't find parking. <laughs> and literally like I missed half the event and my dad lives in Yonkers or lived or, and so I just ended up like connecting with him instead. So it's like the yeah. intention is to continue to build that community because I take action mostly when I'm inspired and mostly when I feel like there's accountability and um, other women or other people who have paved the path. And I, I really just in the moment saw you as that person. Uh -huh. And, um, and still have it in my intention to continue to stay connected. So that's really, I mean, I'm not going to say that's what drew me, but that's what helped me, uh, kind of tiptoe into the next step, which was, you know, I do have, you know, my husband is one of the partners and he's, his strength is number one activator. So he'll dive in and then figure things out and not try and strategize. I mean, he did yeah. all very well, but, um, so that was really what got us together and that we also then collaborated with. Um, our friends who are very close to us um, as partners to say, hey, you know, we have this idea and let's collaborate and move forward with how we can make this work. Um, so that's really what happened. So we're going to keep that, I, that whole idea. We're going to share that a little bit later in this episode. That's going to be our secret teaser here. Yeah. But I do want to say, I actually remember that event last year. That was actually, that was our backyard brunch, right? Yeah. Backyard brunch for anybody that's unaware, it's actually coming up now in August again. Um, so dates are going to be released really soon. That's going to be in Westchester, New York. I actually host lady landlords at one of my rental properties, right? And I did that last year because I thought it was so important to see that like things are tangible, right? Like there are people actually doing this like here. And I'm happy to have you all over on my property in one of my rentals and was able to really kind of show what that was and what that was like. And I, um, for those of you that have listened to other episodes, I used to own a restaurant when I lived in Portugal. So I actually cook my homemade recipes for everybody. And um, it's really great, like just Saturday afternoon, like event. So Alina, I'll have to make sure I'll give you the secret place for parking <laughs> for this yeah, year. Please. Oh my to make God. Sure. Because we ended up with having over 50 women that came last year which was just absolutely fantastic. So this year, I'm going to find a way that we can actually double the amount of women that we can actually fit there. And I have a parking plan put in place for everybody. 
Um, so no, actually I do. So I'll make, I'll make sure I'll send you the secret parking place, Alina. Okay. So um, don't remind, I will remind me to send you that after the episode, but for the, um, so I want to talk about a couple of things before we kind of get to that, like secret plan that you kind of did, because you mentioned two things. One, you mentioned a husband and then two, you mentioned friends. So I want to talk about partners and partnerships, but I want to kind of break that up because there's a very big difference between working with your partner who is a spouse or, or a loved one versus somebody that's a friend, right? Because friends, you know, I could just kind of be kind of like, okay, this didn't really work out. Maybe we're not gonna be friends anymore. But, you know, I always explain to people, personally, I try not to take on partners where I don't necessarily need to. And I always tell people it's because I have one partner and he's obnoxious and he pisses me off all the time. And that person's my husband, but not ready to trade him in quite yet. But he, um, but that's somebody that like, I really have to work with. So can you just share a little bit about how you and your husband kind of make that work and how maybe you share responsibilities or kind of separate responsibilities? Yeah. Well, it's still something we're all figuring out. We're all coming to acknowledge what our differences are and our strengths are. Mm-hmm. I already know what my husband's are. And I think within our team, we're beginning to see that there's still so much that, you know, kind of like a startup or anything that's an infancy space, you're still kind of trying to work through all of the things while you, and, and your styles of communication and leadership and work while managing your competing priorities, your families and your full-time jobs and your part-time jobs and your side hustle. So it's definitely a challenge, but something that we all acknowledge Mm-hmm. that this is what to expect, that we are going to work it out. And we also are willing to confront when things don't. Um, and we are learning how to better confront when things don't. So it's all part of that. Like, you know, it's all part of the learning. But as far as what we're beginning to divide up, we're still kind of doing all of the things together. You know, we, we're starting to, um, you know, I think my husband has taken on some of the well, we haven't even gone to what the investment is, but my husband has yeah. taken on a lot of the communication strategy with okay. our tenants or, or our, um, we have a short-term rental. So mm-hmm. let's get, let's backtrack into what it is we have, right? Yes. Okay. So let's give the big reveal just because what you're doing is just so <laughs> unique and so interesting. Cool. We'll start that way and then we'll go yeah. the other way. But yeah. I just think that what you're working on is just such a, one, it's a huge project, mm-hmm. but two, it's such an interesting, something that I do not hear every single day. So Alina, (laughs) share with us, please. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So we decided to develop a asset-based, passion-based business, which is both two businesses, a short-term rental business and a glamping business. So we had purchased a 50-acre property at the foothills of the Adirondacks near um, Great Lakes, Sacandaga, just one mile away. And it was honestly, I looked at the concept and I was like, well, this is scary, you know, uh, and, and as I walked the property, I was like, yeah, this is meant to be because everything in terms of the vision as to how we would set up glamping sites seemed to just naturally fit into the fact that there was this beautiful, majestic forest with all different types of like fully matured trees and four different pre-marked paved trails already on property and this beautiful lodge that I think is like, you know, for 10, 10 people accommodation with a hot tub, mm-hmm. everything just seemed to be the right fit for what the vision that we held um, to hold. 
So, so that's what we decided to do. And of course, there were some operating logistics that we got to navigate through to do that. And um, if we were to talk through, you know, divvying up of responsibilities, mm -hmm. my husband was able to figure a lot of that, you know, op like the business operating okay. out. Um, so do you gotcha. have any questions? Absolutely. So first thing I want to do for our members that are not familiar with the concept, what is glamping? Yeah. So glamping is basically modern day camping with like, excuse me, camping with all the modern day comforts. So we have safari style uh, tents that are on raised platforms uh, with top of the line beds and side tables, furniture, like beautiful little lamps and um, nice pillows and all the things that make you feel like you can be comfortable camping in the forest. Because it's like glamorous camping, right? Yeah. Like glamping, yeah. like glamorous. Yeah. Exactly. Together. That's what it stands for. Gotcha. Okay, good. I was actually trying to think of a bunch of G words right. <laughs> as you were talking. So I was like, wait, I think it's actually glamorous. Okay. Yeah, it is glamorous. Gotcha. And that's, um, so when you say that there's kind of the two businesses, right, short-term rental and glamping, are those different properties on the same thing? Or are you saying that really it's the short-term rentals in these glamorous tents? That's the business model. Oh, okay. So there's one property that's a lodge that is on, I'm sorry, there's one structure that's a lodge that's mm -hmm. on the 50-acre property. And okay. then within the 50-acre and surrounding forest, we are putting in eight safari tents and okay. two bell tents uh, that be available. And how many units are in the lodge? How many units? It's a short-term rental. So, oh, it's, so it's one structure. Yeah, okay. exactly. One how many beds are in it? Or like how many people does it sleep? I guess let's put it out. Ten. Ten. Okay, so that's a, that's a big kind of space here. Yeah, it's so, Wow. Has, have, have you thought about using it also as like a vent space? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of great ideas and visions for what we can use within the space, whether it be for hosting small boutique weddings in the future, that would be down the line, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, preferably within one to three years or sooner. Um, we, and what's interesting to myself that I get to step into as within, you know, my own capacity is I could potentially run, um, retreats tailored to specific groups that want to revamp their identities from a professional perspective or from a getaway retreat and redefine your values, priorities, you know, everything that falls into career and life coaching, I have the capacity to do, um, and, you know, running anything from, you know, retreat into the forest, restore, there's all the marketing ideas that you can use to leverage the space for events. So ultimately the short name is we can land hack in multiple ways. And that was the intention right. to really leverage the space to land hack in all the opportunities that we are able, open, available, open, and, and able to do. Awesome. And that's it. Like you, what's great is that you already say like, Hey, this is the first way we're going to be able to make money. Short-term rentals, glamping. That's our main thing. Then it's saying, okay, well the next year kind of how we can like branch out to those different things. So, all right. We already kind of talked about then 
how kind of you and your partner work on work things together. And I, you two have a very different strategy than my husband and I. I like how you said that, you know, you guys work kind of on everything together. You understand kind of each other's strengths. So my husband and I actually have a very big separation between responsibilities. So there are certain things that, you know, he don't come into my neck of the woods for, um, and I don't step on his toes kind of like on those other sides, right? Like we each were able to just take different responsibilities. Yeah. So and the only reason I say that is just to highlight that we all have to make this work for us, right? Right. Regardless of if your partner cares about real estate investing and or doesn't care and isn't even involved, each of us can really kind of look at how it works best for us and our situation. There is really no right way to do this in the sense of you can only do it if you have a partner or you can't do it with a partner or we have to do everything together because honestly, that would drive me nuts. So I'm glad right. it works for you. No, but- it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I maybe misrepresented what I mean. We kind of didn't, we could, we didn't come into a plan of like, you're going to work on this work. It was almost like just assumed based yeah. off of who stepped up because it came as an inherent strength and not just only within myself, either be, it came as an inherent strength or somebody had the ability or the time or made the time to get it done. So, gotcha. you know, um, yeah, that, that's kind of how things happened. Um, and aren't happening, but it's very, it's also very clear within our team who has, uh, strengths, like what our strengths are. We're all so different. And then you said, when you mentioned team, you're talking about then the friends that are also a part of this, right? Right. So I would love for you just to share a little bit about when we talk about partnerships, did you have reservations about taking on partners or was this something that everybody just since the beginning has kind of been kumbaya about? Um, I wouldn't say we were all kumbaya about it, but, (laughs) and, and, and I wouldn't say, you know, I think, I think, and I'm just only speaking for myself. I tend to look at things very logically and Mm so, and very much from a risk perspective. Um, so, and I also look at things from a, well, without risk, there's no reward perspective. So I, I guess I'm going to use this as an example. We knew we're signing operating agreements and we knew that hey there this could go well or maybe it won't but as long as we sign an operating agreement that helps cover us and helps us figure out um, how to navigate through issues and again you, you never really know what could potentially happen but we know that we're capable of communicating and that we're very capable and competent adults so looking at myself my husband my partners I could say today that Hey, I, I trust that together we'll get through this and that we'll be able to communicate and navigate through this partnership, no matter what comes, um, to the forefront. And then I always like to say when signing the documents, I'm always looking at the death, disability, divorce, like, how are we going to handle it? Like, cause that's just the lens I look through. I came from the insurance business. So I'm very practical to kind of look things that way as well. And I think you kind of need people on both sides, right? Um, for example, my husband and I, the way that our kind of balance is, is I tend to be, I'm the dreamer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the person that's always like, oh, look, glamping, short-term rental. We could totally buy 50 acres and make this work. And then my husband's like, cool, but what about insurance? How, how are we going to pay the taxes? You know, what happens when it rains? You know, so you kind of need people, you need people on both sides, right? Because my answer would just be, I wouldn't even think of those things. And I would just kind of move on and be like, no, it'll be fine. It's not going to rain in New York. What are you talking about? It'll be sunny all the time. Right. right? But so we kind of need that balance of, of both people in our life, whether that's a partner or a friend or a parent or, or somebody in our life that, that we can kind of 
keep that balance with. So I'm ha- so then it's very clear then what your role is within that to be the person to kind of look at those different things with the lens that probably everybody else is like me, just, you know, kind of my, what is that called? Rose colored sunglasses here that I'm just always like, no, it'll be perfect. It'll always work out. We need kind of that balance of somebody on your side as well to kind of help talk through those things. And I think we all carry that healthy balance, you know, within the team of the, you know, we all carry and are looking at things from all lenses. It's just very clear, you know, we all are also dominating in one area too. Um, you know, uh, you know, we have my, my, one of my friends, Keisha is very much into every single detail, thinking through all the respective details to ensure that, um, the customer service and the hospitality vision that we have is being attended to, and that she's a voice for that. Um, and she looks well far into the future for those kind of details. And then, um, you know, Nate is one of our partners and he's a plumber and he's always looking at everything from that structure and that, from that lens of, uh, assurance and, um, building and, um, you know, so, so there's all those things that I wouldn't have the capacity or or I choose not to think about because, uh, that's just not the lens I look through. (laughs) Right. No. And and I, once again, like we all need kind of that balance. Now, when you went into this, did you say, okay, cool, Keisha, Nate, hubby, great. Everybody's got their roles, go and do it. Or did you say, whoa, whoa, we need this down on paper. We need a legal agreement on who's kind of a part of this, who does what? Um, We had meetings to voice where, what we would be focusing on. The operating agreement, I believe came first. Uh, mm-hmm. and we had, you know, a meeting as to what our focuses would be. And now that we're in the thralls of it, it's, it kind of just feels like, you know, we, we're, we're falling into, or we're now in our roles, but there's obviously still more opportunity to improve because the glamping site is still in the build. And, right. and, and so now it's like, wow, you know, Nate and my husband are in the build and Keisha's in the uh, build of, and the buy of some of the items that we need for the glamping business. Cause we're all set up with our, you know, short-term rental. Um, so now the, the role is now shifting where the marketing and the sales hat, Keisha and I and myself really have to step into or get to step into because everyone else's capacity is a little bit less um, less available to do that, even though that's what we all need to own at this point still, uh, right? So Right. And those are two very different things. There is a very big difference between kind of the, that acquisition process right. of actually purchasing the property, making sure that the deal is going to be cash flowing, the legal side, the documents that need to be taken care of to get mortgage or get the deed and all that stuff. Then all of a sudden, you all of a sudden now you have the property and it's like, okay, well now what do we do with it, right? So then now kind of saying from that short-term rental, now that's the idea. So the lodge is open, right? Right. The glamping side is open as well or not yet? It's going to launch August 1st. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. I need pictures of this. I need a link. I'm going to make sure to put all of the information for this down in the show notes too, because I'm sure not only do our members want to see it, 
but hopefully they will want to come over to the Adirondacks because yeah. that sounds amazingly gorgeous. It's only two and a half hours north of um of Yonkers. It's two and a half to three hours north of from. All right, well, I mean, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need that link first. By the way, yeah. just saying. But no, that's that's amazing that that's launching in just a couple of weeks. So I cannot wait to see getting that up. But the launch now is now open. So now it's that transfer already of, oh my God, now we got to get people actually in here. What have you found to be the biggest challenge with the short-term rental of the lodge so far, if any? Right. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of past that now. Uh, and that might just be my lens, but a lot of it is still operative. Of course, there's the things to get to tweak to ensure that we're capturing and engaging the emails of those who have come in because we've mm -hmm. actually been open since April and we've already had 10 bookings. Wow. Um, so, and we have bookings up until through, through October. So we're doing really good from that front. We still, you know, we can be at, at a greater act, uh, capacity, but we feel very good as to where we're at right there in terms of the lodge. Um, of course, you know, we felt the overwhelm of having to build out all the furniture and the communication um, in terms of like in between that and all that had to get done. We could have done yeah. better. I could have done better um, in communicating that, like how to lead, how I led through that. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I feel really good about where we're at with the lodge. Um, now okay. it's just a matter of preparing for, and this is again, my lens, preparing for the low seasons. And so what we can gotcha. do creatively to ensure that we have done everything in and outside of the platforms that we currently use, which is our Airbnb and VRBO. Um, okay. So that's where our minds need to go from a creative perspective. Now back to the glamping perspective, my husband has has leveraged and put us on all of the different um, channels like camp spot to get to leverage the platforms for where people who like to camp will yeah. find facilities. So at this point, I think the challenge is being very creative in seeing what opportunities they are there are to um, leverage and market ourselves outside of these platforms and then actually taking action and implementing and doing like what's that word ready set fire ready set fire versus ready set aim you know there's no time <laughs> like you just got to put it all out there and see what sticks and i think the challenge really is the time and the capacity to implement these ideas as as, as what i'm personally feeling as one of the challenges Right. And I mean, that's, once again, that goes back to when we were going through, when we were talking about the Lady Limitless Beginners Group Coaching, right? Where it was really the idea of we can have all these different ideas, but we actually need to put them into place and go through and on a weekly basis, have some accountability, take some action, and we have to troubleshoot, right? That's probably one of the things that I think is very unique about real estate investing is, well, and I guess probably other places in entrepreneurship as well, but we always are kind of changing and tailoring and improving systems and processes and kind of troubleshooting different things that we kind of come across as landlords, which still within the glamping short-term rental world is still your role in addition to being this business owner. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. When does usually like the high season kind of end for the Adirondacks? Um, into October. Okay. Because I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, nope, it's too cold now. Right. <laughs> so, right. Okay. So that's really nice. And I would say like, that probably sounds really gorgeous and amazing for the fall oh, to yeah. be in that area. 
So hopefully then, you, you know, I like the idea of that, but then it sounds like, yeah, coming up with how we're going to make that work for that very, those last few weeks within the season is going to be really important. And then once again, what can you do during the low season? Um, but I think that's really going to be great for you and your team to kind of come from this place of creativity to right. say, okay, great. What can we kind of do next? Right. Um, or yeah. And here's where community comes in. And this is why it, I'm bringing it back to you. And I'm bringing it back to finding the communities that help you step outside of your own bubble. And I always, I believe in this, like help you see that next version of you. Right. Cause mm -hmm. I have not done influencer marketing in years. I haven't created spot crafted sponsorship in like seven years, but those yeah. are the things that I get to think about now. When I think about new marketing initiatives yeah. um, for some of the things that I have. So um, again, it comes back to where are the community of women who are doing really innovating things in the travel, real estate and lifestyle space, because yeah. that's really where I see this brand going into, um, at yeah. least from what I can bring to it on a personal level. And even, you know, my partners see that with the weddings and the boutique weddings that could come. So we get to really immerse ourselves in communities that are engaging in these activities in order to really act on them. Otherwise we're own, in our own little bubbles, like, oh, I could do this, I could do this. But really to me, the engagement is what creates the action and the realization of what you're trying to materialize. Right. And it's interesting because so I actually have a, one of my childhood friends, um, his name's David. He and his family, actually, they kind of went in and they bought a plot of land, very similarly, upstate New York, bordering, I think it's around Vermont. And they it has a bunch of little cabins on it. And they kind of rent it out in a very kind of similar fashion here. And they've become kind of known as almost like a wellness place where they've opened up, especially during the low season, they have opened up for yoga. And uh, the pictures that they show of just next to, you know, Lake Champlain here, just really having, and the amount of people that they have, not necessarily that are actually staying in the cabins, but just the amount of people that are coming on a weekly basis for yoga, I feel like they can actually probably just shut down the, camp, the cabins and just rent it as really like a yoga retreat. And they would probably be making just as much money that way. So right. it really is kind of interesting to them to see what they'll be, what you will be known for. And really then what you're going to be able to do to continuously be creating and branding this space. Yeah. So I am very excited to see where this goes, especially when you launch the glamping. So for anybody that is listening, to, please check out Alina's um, glamping site and her lodge in the Adirondack. So I'll make sure to put that down in the show notes. But Alina, is there anything that you would like to kind of impart on our listeners that have this big, grandiose passion project like you did mm -hmm. when you're saying, hey, I want to move forward with this. I'm not quite sure how. What would you say to our listeners or to your former self to kind of get you moving in that right direction? Right. Well, I think what's most important is immersing yourself among a community and among a mentor and or coach, you know, a guide like yourself who has paved a trail or a path within the, you know, whether within real estate. 
Yeah. Um, and then begin identifying where the communities that are specific to the niche that you fall into or want to fall into yourself. So glamping, my husband attended the glamping convention. And so he came out with all this knowledge that enabled him to fast forward light years after yeah. that. So I think that's the number one point I would make. And then the second point is you will expect that you will overcome big challenges through the process. Um, and that part of it is the patience and the due diligence on your part to ensure that uh, you have the right team in place to help you. But I always look at it from a due diligence lens. Mm -hmm. uh, so just make sure that you have people in every corner to help you cover like the sales perspective and every aspect of the lens of running a business because your strength might be different. And so it's important for you to have a good team of, of people to support you in the areas that aren't your strengths. Right. And I just want to make a point before we wrap up this episode today about uh, your first point, which was, you know, how your husband really kind of found a community very specific for what he was looking to do. In mentorship, that is incredibly important. And I feel like that's something that I see often that people tend to be mismatched, right? We need to get very clear on what our goals are and what we're actually trying to accomplish in real estate. And then we need to then work on the strategy that best fits what that, what that goal or what our kind of dreams are to actually attain. But then to, we need to turn to the people that have been there, done that for help. And I often find people that are like, cool, I want passive income. I want to go live on my beach. We all know that. So I want, you know, just kind of money coming in from rentals. Well, then I probably should not be working with somebody that strictly does flips. Mm -hmm. right? Or is doing the first strategy. I need to really find somebody to work with that is doing the thing that I want to do because that's really where I'm going to get the best help. And that's where I'm going to be able to plug in, get the best networking connection, and really be able to kind of get the best, best advice and mentorship moving forward. So I'm really glad that you kind of mentioned that. That's a really, really great reminder for our listeners. So Evangelina, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Um, I will make sure, like I said, I'll put all your contact information down in the show notes. And I just want to wish you the best of luck with the glamping site. Um, you'll have to make sure to come into the group and update us how it goes when you launch in August, okay? Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Becky. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. For all of our other listeners out there, if you need help and are interested in the rental business, especially with multifamilies, I'm your gal. Please take a look into our roadmap workshop. I will put the show... Um, in the link in the show notes about that program as well. If you are looking to make sure that you are following the best strategy that you can to be able to move your real estate investing portfolio. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's episode, do make sure to subscribe wherever you either listen to podcasts or on your YouTube channel so you don't miss the next episode of the Lady Landlords podcast. Thank you so much and see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're feeling stuck in your real estate journey, visit lady-landlords.com slash roadmap to book a one-on-one -on -one workshop with me. I'll help you determine your next best strategy. Or you could subscribe to our newsletter for exclusive tips and offers. Invest with confidence. Become a lady landlord today.